Welcome to the Love Life Podcast, episode number six, Dealing with Overwhelm. It's December 14th, 2020. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and definitely podcaster. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even during difficult times. Disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and the music for this podcast is, is done by Howie Moscovich. Today we're talking about overwhelm, which to me is a very fascinating concept because there's things that we don't talk about with overwhelm and there's actually a process you can use to very, very effectively deal with overwhelm in in a significant way. So I want to start by saying overwhelm in the dictionary means to bury, to drown beneath a huge mass, to defeat completely to inundate, and the synonyms for overwhelm include swamp, submerge, engulf, bury, flood, overload, and overburden. So here's the thing. Overwhelm, you can have a feeling of feeling overwhelmed, but overwhelm actually is a construct. So we're going to deconstruct the construct of overwhelm so that it can be diagrammed and your brain can map it out. Now there There is just tremendous ability within your brain to rewire itself and to get patterns and, and, you know, oh, it's just, it's so amazing. So we're going to be doing that today. And so before we get to that, I'm going to tell you what I'm covering today. Today, I'm covering the sources for overwhelm or the reasons why people get overwhelmed. I'm going to talk to you about the three parts of your mind because it's really important to me that you get that. And If you understand a little bit more about that, you might be more inclined to do the next thing, which is we're going to go through overwhelm as a construct or pattern so that your brain can then, you know, map it out on your life. I'm going to give you some tips for dealing with overwhelm. Um, I'll wrap it up with some takeaways and then a call to action. So let's dive in because I just, I love this actually. This is a topic I really love because it's really something you can you can take on and, and really make a big difference in your life. So before I begin, I'm going to give my shameless plug and how you can win free stuff, including my new book. So if you go to my website, www.lisaalundy.com, I'm having this year of freedom giveaway. It started back in September, but it goes through July 2021 and you can enter to win really cool stuff free and my new book as soon as my author copies arrive my new book will go into the prize pool of you know you can win my book in addition to the other prizes so think about that next up very important in all my blog posts and all my podcasts is my disclaimer so as much as i know i am not a medical or health professional or therapist in any way and you should only get your medical or therapy advice from a therapist if you are suicidal please call the national suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 tell someone talk to someone 
I don't care if you post it on social media that you're feeling suicidal. You need to get in action and let people know because your life matters and and you might not know how much it matters till you like talk about it and tell someone. So while I can't offer therapy advice, a lot of my blog posts and videos and YouTube YouTube videos and podcasts will help you if you are having thoughts of self-harm or suicide, please call the national suicide number or get, you know, immediate help. All right. So sources of overwhelm. So overwhelm is this idea and I've broken it down and this is my own take on it as far as what causes overwhelm for people because if you want to put overwhelm to bed it's really helpful to understand well what causes it so I have five or the way I've broken it down is like five kind of different categories for sources or causes for overwhelm so number one is mental so if you have disempowering attitudes or beliefs for example I can't win my life never works out etc. That can be a contributing factor to overwhelm. The same goes for negative thinking, pessimism, catastrophizing, overthinking, low self-esteem, self-loathing. And there's other unhealthy mental practices, attitudes and beliefs that can also contribute to the state or feeling of overwhelm. So that's number one, is things that are in your in your mental processing or in your mind. The next way that I've, another category is physical. So sometimes people have an environment where they live or work or their car or whatever that's really, it's too dirty, it's too messy, it's disorganized, and that, that in and of itself, your environment, whether it's where you live, where you work, um, your car, whatever, that can contribute to people feeling overwhelmed. It, it just can't. I mean, all you have to do for that is just watch those, you know, makeover shows where they make over somebody's living space and people are transformed. Their life, their quality of life goes through the roof. Uh, possibly hoarding, or, I mean, hoarding would definitely contribute to feeling overwhelmed. Or if you have an environment that's not peaceful or in any way con conducive to peace, happiness, and health. So that could be, you know, lots of things under that category. And, you know, so basically a poor environment caused by whatever can contribute to feelings of overwhelm. Now, the next I have, I've labeled this as situational or quote unquote too much on your plate. So this can be either temporary or it could be a long-term situation. So something for an example. For example, like a pandemic, which has been going on and on and on, that can, can, it's a situation, the pandemic, that has contributed in many ways to people feeling overwhelmed. Situations like being a caregiver of uh, another adult or caregiver of a special needs child or a special needs adult can put people in a, in a perpetual state of overwhelm or a periodic or frequent state of overwhelm, having financial problems, having to work multiple jobs or not having a job, being the executor of an estate, going through a divorce, having a relationship or friendship end. There is an endless list of situations and circumstances that can leave you overwhelmed in life. So that's situational. Next up is emotional. So <clears throat> the emotional state what will contribute to you being in overwhelm in, on the emotional front is, number one, 
having some emotions that you haven't dealt with or that need to be dealt with. That might be because you're in denial or it might be because you simply do not have the emotional skills and abilities to deal with whatever's at stake. So typically those emotions of grief, loss, sadness, anger, resentment, betrayal, those are emotions that people are not very good at. Actually, we're pretty, as a society, we're pretty bad at it. So not dealing with those feelings or not having the skills to deal with those feelings can put you down the path of being overwhelmed. So the circumstances or situational causes for overwhelm that I just mentioned previously, like being in a pandemic, not having a job, working, you know, all those things can slide you into the emotional position of having emotional overwhelm. Now, my second podcast is titled uh, Emotions as a Superpower. And I'm here to say, if you have the abilities in dealing with your emotions, so that's high emotional intelligence, or it's the ability to identify, manage, or process your emotions, that is a superpower. So I highly recommend podcast number two because you want that superpower. Why would you Why would you want to like say, oh no, everybody always talks about, oh, I'd love to have a superpower. Yeah, well, here's a superpower you could have right now. It's called being able to really manage and deal with your emotions. Now, my last podcast or podcast, um, let's see, number five was... Uh, is using emotional pain to your advantage. And I highly recommend that too, because, you know, you want to get out of feeling overwhelmed in life. You want to have overwhelm only show up as a once in a blue moon, once in a, like a blip on the radar. And emotions can be a source for overwhelm. So the more you grow and develop them, the less overwhelm is going to be caused by emotions. And lastly, I have listed structural causes for overwhelm. So when I say structural causes, I'm talking about, you know, you lack organization skills or you lack time management skills or the things that you do in time management or organization aren't really helpful. And this can include not having healthy boundaries, not being able to say no, not having coping mechanisms or strategies of things that you do in life. That, that then leads you to overwhelm. And lastly, or included in this category, is overscheduling. So overwhelm, just from what I just covered, can be caused or sourced by a lot of different things. It's just a fact. And at the same time, there's tons of things you can do to really keep overwhelm out of your life. So before I give you this whole overwhelm as a construct, I want to really introduce you to the three parts of your brain or your mind that in my opinion, you really, really, really need to know about. And the reason I'm covering this is because I'm going to talk about overwhelm as a construct. So you understanding this is going to be helpful. So the three parts of your mind, generally speaking, are referred to as your conscious mind and then your subconscious and your unconscious mind. So typically your conscious mind is the things that you're awake and you're aware of. Like I'm conscious right now to the fact that I'm making a podcast and I'm recording it and I'm conscious to the fact that um, it's kind of like a, a dreary day. I'm, I'm conscious of a lot of things. But according to the research, we are only, our mind, the conscious part of our mind only represents 
10% of our mind, roughly. That What that means is the subconscious and the unconscious mind represent about 90%. Now, I did look at some research that said that the subconscious mind controls about 95% of your brain and your decisions. So let's not quibble about whether it's 90 or 95%. Basically, the things that you're not aware of are the lion's share of what's going on in your mind. So the subconscious or unconscious mind does not distinguish between real and imagined, which is fascinating because that's where the whole idea of visualization has come into play, which is a visualization, which is where you imagine something in your mind. You know, they talk about athlete, athletes visualizing them crossing the finish line or visualizing them, you know, hitting a ball out of the ballpark or catching the the touchdown, you know, goal or, you know, the, you know they really work with athletes about visualization, but they've also used visualization with cancer patients because I remember reading about that eh, decades ago when I was a kid. So the subconscious mind doesn't, can't distinguish between real and imagined, which is helpful because that's where the whole visualization comes into play. That when What that means is the subconscious mind, the part you're not aware of, can be programmed. It can be rewired. You can give it good messages. So the overall, one of the overall points of this segment is, or this part of this segment, is that the things that you're not aware of, the thoughts, feelings, emotions, all that stuff that you're not aware of, which is either 90 or 95 percent, that's what runs your life. Your life is run by your unconscious slash subconscious mind and you don't even know what's happening in there. And trust me, I've done enough work unpacking what's in my subconscious, unconscious mind. It's usually not the greatest stuff. So here's the good news. You can use affirmations and other techniques like cognitive behavioral therapy or whatnot to reprogram or rewire your subconscious, unconscious mind. So you could go to therapy and unpack you know, a lifetime of trauma or emotional pain or this or that, whatever happened, where you could simply, you know, rewire your brain using affirmations. So why this is important is because in a, in a minute here, I'm going to give you a construct for overwhelm. And to really do that, I want, what I really, really want you to understand is that your brain can pick up this pattern or this construct take it in and then use it to help you. So the so really it's important that you understand that your subconscious mind has all of these this power that you're not harnessing and you're not aware of because your conscious mind is so small compared to your unconscious subconscious mind. I mean I heard or saw Bruce Lipton uh, who writes about the biology of belief. I think that's the title of his book, Talking on a Video, about like it's like your conscious mind is the equivalent of a laptop and your subconscious, unconscious mind is something like the equivalent of, you know, five or six mainframes tied, tied together. So we really want to get you into this thought process that there's more going on in, in, to controlling your life and how your life goes than just the thoughts that you have that you're aware of. 
Now I want to move into overwhelm as a construct. So what's, I know this is an audio podcast. And so this next part, I do have a visual for which you can find on my November 6, 2019 blog post has a diagram. And I do have a YouTube video about this, which kind of briefly shows the the diagram, but this is really important. So overwhelm as a construct, what do I mean by a construct? Well, it's it's kind of an idea, it's a pattern, it's really your thoughts and emotions tied together in this thing we call overwhelm. And overwhelm for me is different for you. It's different for every, you know, it's different for different people, although there might be some some similarities. But what happens when your brain gets the construct or the pattern? Really, it's a pattern. You know, your brain can cycle through overwhelm very, very quickly. So I'm going to go through the languaging on my diagram for overwhelm. And I'm going to, before I do that, I'm going to talk to you about this. So there on, on, I have this diagram that is really my cycle of overwhelm that was going on in my unconscious slash subconscious mind that I brought into my consciousness and diagrammed. Now, the power of this, I want to give you the idea of the power of this. So at the time I had a child with, you know, extremely devastating health issues. I was homeschooling three kids. I was, you know, running a side business. I just really had a lot of things on my plate that weren't necessarily all that easy. So I had overwhelm on occasion here or there, mostly because I have all these great skills that I write, blog, and big podcasts and videos about, I was able to do really well in life, but then something would happen, you know, like I couldn't get a medication or, you know, I was too far behind in correcting the homeschooling homework or whatever. There'd be some event or situation or thing that happened and I'd get, you know, temporarily thrown into overwhelm. Well, overwhelm is one of those things that can last for a long time for people. It can last for days. Some people are chronically in overwhelm. You know, I didn't go into overwhelm as long as some people, but, you know, overwhelm wasn't good for me because then you've got to get yourself out of overwhelm. And that would take a little while. What happened after I did this diagram and it really, it really trickled down and really got itself into my brain. Uh, I'll tell you what happened. So what happened was, I forget what happened. Something happened. This was around like 2005 or six, And I was so upset. And I remember I was stamping up the steps to, to kind of like help myself feel better, like stamping. However, the steps were carpeted. So there was like no impact for that. Okay. I just want you to imagine I'm stamping up a step of carpet stairs of carpeted steps. So there's really no impact for that. And at the bottom, when I started up the steps, I, I recognized in that exact moment, oh, I'm in overwhelm. I'm stamping madly up the steps. And by the time I got to the top of the steps, which is like what? A normal staircase is like 13 steps. I was out of overwhelm and smiling to myself. I was just stunned. It was just remarkable. I mean, I will never forget it because it was like click, click, click. And going up those steps, my mind, my brain 
went through the cycle of overwhelm. And, and when overwhelm can be diagrammed and it, it can be laid out and your brain can get it, it knows where this is going to go. So it just takes you there. So anyway, it's just like, uh, I'm like, oh my gosh. So, all right. So in the diagram, which hopefully at some point you can go to and look at, but I'm going to give you the layout. So that's from November 6, 2019, which is a whole blog post about dealing with overwhelm once and for all. So, and this, by the way, I'm not reading that blog post. I, I cherry picked some, some of the content from the blog post, but this is not exactly that. Really, the only thing you need from this podcast is if you want to look at the visual. So I have a circle. So imagine a circle. And in the center, I've written my cycle of overwhelm, unconscious made conscience conscious. And then on the outside of the circle, what I did was I wrote statements. And on the inside of the circle, what I did was I wrote the feelings that I had with those statements. So for me, back in the day when I did this diagram, something, you know, I'd go be going along my happy life, blah, 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 because of course I'm a big fan of happiness upcoming podcast about podcast about that because of course I'm like the happiness queen fan club president or whatever I just love happiness and I know a lot about it and I had to generate happiness so I am mostly happy and I don't have that many bad days because I know how to be happy and I have great coping skills and coping mechanisms and all this stuff I had to learn from all this bad stuff I went through but at any rate so for me there'd be like a triggering event Something would happen that would just throw me into overwhelm. So I'm going to give you some examples of the statements and the feelings, and you'll get the idea of the pattern. So for me, when overwhelm, overwhelm would be triggered by whatever, I would think to myself or say out loud, I can't deal with that. I just can't deal with that, or I can't deal with this. And that's the feeling of overwhelm. Well, probably lots of other feelings too, but as far as my diagram, I kept it simple. Then the next thing I might think or say is, why is this happening or why is this happening to me? And of course, I'd be upset, possibly angry, resentful, whatever. And the next thing I might think is, I need help. And that would be frustration. I might also say, well, I'll just go through the diagram. Why won't someone help me? And those would be the feelings of um, helplessness. I'd say next, I can't take it, and that would be overwhelm, frustration. And then I would say, this is just too much for me. Again, overwhelm, upset. Then I might say, how am I supposed to do all this? All this again, overwhelm, frustration. But so there'd be like all those thoughts and all those feelings. But eventually, in my overwhelm before I got this construct, eventually, however long it took, eventually I would say, well. I guess I might as well go do blank. So that could be go throw a load of laundry in or, you know, get out the supplements for the, you know, the go get the prescription or, you know, take the kids here or do this. Or like I would eventually, and when I was in overwhelm back in the day, eventually I would get to the point where I would say, well, I guess I might as well go do blank, you know, anything. And that those feelings would be action and glimmer of hope. Because when you're taking an action, even if it's something like throwing a load of laundry in or going for a walk or taking the kids here or doing whatever, like when you're in action, that generates some better feelings than just 
being morose and upset and frustrated. So I would go do something. Then while I'm taking this action, I might think, oh, why is life so hard? I might think. Then eventually I'd be like, well, I'm glad I did X, Y, or Z. And I'd be starting to feel a little better. There might be a little bit of hope, a little bit of feeling better. And then I would eventually think, well, I should take this or that action. Like, okay, well, I should go do this now or that. And again, I start to take a little action, start feeling better. Then eventually I would get to the point where I'd be thinking, oh, I'm going to be okay. That's self-soothing. That's hope. That's getting back in control. And then eventually I'd get to everything is going to be just fine. Again, the hope has come in, the positive feelings, the control. Then I'd kind of go into gratitude with thinking I'm so glad I did X, Y, or Z because I'm feeling better. Then I get to, oh, I'm okay. Then I get to, I'm happy. And then I get back to life is great. So it's a total cycle. It's a cycle where you have statements that you're either saying out loud or you're thinking to yourself that are married or connected with feelings. When I'm thinking, I can't deal with that, obviously we know that's not a happy feeling. Obviously we know that's frustration, it's overwhelm, it's, you know, hopeless, helpless, blah, blah, blah. You know, they get tied together, these statements with these feelings. Notice I didn't list all the feelings as overwhelm. No, because there's frustration, there's anger, there's all kinds of feelings. But when I was in overwhelm, I would eventually, no matter how long it took, and depends on what happened, yeah, I would eventually get to the point, well, oh, you know, I might as well go make dinner for the kids because somebody's got to feed them or I might as well go, you know, do X, Y, or Z because I might as well, like, right? Because it's not going to get done anyway. I mean, unless I do it, it's not going to get done. And every time I would do that, I'd start to feel a little better. And you could see in the in the chart, the, the circle diagram on the blog post, you know, how Eventually, I get back, it's like a, so it's like a clock. You know, you start out at noon, and you go all the way around, and you end up back at noon. So by doing that diagram, though, I didn't know at the time, as I was just trying to understand this, uh, that my brain would latch on to it. And I don't even know how long that took. It might have taken a couple of days or a week or more. I really don't remember. Um, like, if I'd known what was going to happen, I would have probably paid more attention. But, like, boom, I got into the next bout of overwhelm, and it was, like, over before it began. It was just, it's just incredible. I highly recommend. Now, you can look at my diagram from the November 2019 blog post, and you could just kind of draw your own. You could use what I said in that diagram as some ideas. But... You know, get your wiring, understand it, because your brain will just do wonderful things with that. I can't, I can't recommend. I mean, like, I have not had overwhelm last for very long in, you know, more than a decade, more than, you know, 14 or 15, you know, it's been a, it's been a very long time. So one of the things that I want to point out though, in this, in this construct that I just went through is a stopgap measure that I was employing that I have a whole blog post on and a video on, and it's called flipping the switch on your emotions. So when I started reading off from the diagram a few minutes ago, I was saying, well, this is too much for me, or how am I supposed to do all this? And then I said, well, I might as well go do blank, X, Y, or Z. That is an example of flipping the switch on your emotions. 
when you are not in a good state, you're upset, you're distressed, you're, you know, overwhelmed, and you then go take an intentional action because it needs to be done or because of whatever, you know, it can generate you feeling good. So I have this phrase I coined, well, I think I coined it, I don't know if I coined it or not, but called flipping the switch on your emotions, like turning on and off a light switch. So I, there's a YouTube video and a blog post about it. But basically, flipping the switch on your emotions is a stopgap measure that will help you temporarily feel better. And this is a tactic and a, and a technique you want to employ any and every time that you need it. So if you go to the March uh, 22nd, 2020, March 22nd, 2020, that's where my whole blog post is about flipping the switch on your emotions. And it's basically you take an intentional action that you know is going to help you feel better. Now, last week I was having great difficulties getting my book all set up with the with the with the publishing platform and it was really like I, I I probably have like a bad day once a quarter I think earlier this year one of my friends and I kind of calculated it out it's probably like once a quarter I have a bad day so last week I had a really hard day just you know not the right day but just all kinds of stuff went wrong and it was very stressful because I didn't have that expectation and I ended up flipping the switch four different times throughout the day, ended up producing great results and feeling, you know, good, even though, you know, it was not, it was not an easy day. It was not a good day. So flipping the switch on your emotions is definitely a tool that you want to put in your emotional toolbox because it can help you in big ways. So you're not having a good day. You're in overwhelm. You go take an intentional action, hopefully an intentional action that's going to forward your life or it's going to make you happier. It's going to help you feel better. So that's, you know, that's that's just, and it, just it's a technique that you just can't live without, in my, opinion, in my opinion. So now I want to move off of that. I do hope you will get your own construct, your own pattern, your own cycle for overwhelm and write it down. Now, if yours is similar enough to mine, maybe that's enough, but probably not. You're you and I'm me. So definitely diagram it. Let that sink into your brain. So here's some tips for dealing with overwhelm. Well, number one, I just said, you know, diagram your own overwhelm. You know, figure out what it is you say because your brain can definitely just grab a hold of this and use it to your advantage. And if you, you know, take mine as a draft and then edit it or, you know, do your own and then think about it next time you're in overwhelm. Like really the clearer you can be about this, the more helpful it's going to be because that subconscious, unconscious part of your brain, that's where this is, information is going to go. All right. Next up, live moment to moment. If you are in overwhelm, whether it's, you know, occasional, perpetual, chronic, whatever, you're, you're probably going to have to live moment to moment. You know, they said, you know, live day by day. Well, if you're really in a high degree of overwhelm, you're going to have to live moment to moment. And you're going to have to live in the present. I, I highly suggest you living in the present because that's going to be helpful to reduce some of your anxiety and negative feelings. Next up, you have got to have empowering attitudes and beliefs. As I mentioned earlier, 
One of the reasons some people are in a constant or frequent state of overwhelm is because they have disempowering attitudes or beliefs. If you believe the world is out to get you, if you believe you're never going to win, if you believe, you know, your life never turns out well, well, that takes advantage of the self-defeating prophecy and not the self-fulfilling prophecy. So, of course, you're going to lose. You have to have empowering attitudes and beliefs. Next up, I recommend, if you're in overwhelm, that you make a list of what needs to be done and triage it or prioritize one through whatever because... When you make a list like that, some people have said to me that I've coached over the years, oh, yeah, I can't do that because then I'll feel even more overwhelmed. No. You might feel more overwhelmed if you're one of those people that minimizes your problems and never deals with them. But most people that I have coached have found when they take the time to pause and make a list, even if it's a list of things they worry about or a list of problems or a list of whatever, they typically start to feel better because their mind is getting clarity. You bring clarity when you put it down on paper. So make a list of what needs to be handled, what needs to be taken care of, and then triage it in terms of order of importance. Now, I already just spoke about flipping the switch on your emotions, but you want to make a list of what makes you happy, make a list of what makes you feel accomplished or contented and peaceful because you want to sprinkle your life with that and you want to use that, that list to get things turned around when overwhelm shows up. Definitely ask for help. I know there's some people who think it's terrible to ask for help. I, I've also been judged as I'm not very good at asking for help. Well, okay, I'm not very good at asking for help, but I do do it. Oh, I, I do do it. Sometimes I do it and people say no, but that's okay. So next up, really, you want to boost your self-care and self-compassion. And I just did a podcast about... And now we know the phone will still ring even if it's on silent. But I just did a podcast about self-care and self-compassion, so that might be helpful. I already mentioned having a list of things that make you happy and, and using that to flip the switch. You want to also laugh as much as you can. You want to socialize with friends or family, um, which you can do safely even during a pandemic. Praying or meditating will help you. Going for a walk for me always helps people, helps me, and I think it helps most people, and it's really good for your body. You want to start filling up your life with good things, with positive things, with good people. Certainly helpful if you have faith, and sometimes it's hard to have faith when you're in overwhelm. Journaling can help be helpful to people. Reading an inspiring book or watching something that's empowering can help you. I certainly recommend that you make sure that you're sharpening the saw. Now, I'll have an upcoming podcast about how, how to have more energy. Energy is real. Having a lot of energy is really a formula. It's very formulaic. There's things you need to do or not do that will help you have more energy. And, of course, the more energy you have, the less likely you're going to be in overwhelm. So you want to make sure you're taking some time to pause, to refuel and re-energize yourself as much as you can. If you're somebody who's dealing with overwhelm, it's really a good time to pause and reflect and ask yourself what needs to change. Because sometimes when we have symptoms or, you know, negative feelings, 
it's a sign that things need to change. Next up, I recommend, <laughs> I know this might sound hokey, but I listen, I do all the stuff that I recommend. I don't recommend things to you guys that I don't do, haven't done, haven't used, and that is to make signs. I mean signs like on paper with Sharpies or markers to inspire yourself. And at some point years ago, I had signs, I actually had them laminated. And, and have fun with it. Like, you can grow and develop yourself as a person and have a blast. You can really, really have a great time. So plan something to look forward to. It's really important that you develop your muscles of gratitude, which can really help you flip the switch at any moment in time. Don't take things personally. There's just a, a number of things that can help you, you know, get out of overwhelm. So primarily the takeaways for here is that you can master overwhelm once and for all. Overwhelm does not have to run the show. It, it's something that you can put to bed. Number two, if you really want to have overwhelm be rare and infrequent, you want to have your emotions be the superpower that they can be. And emotions absolutely are a superpower if you know how to harness them. So you might want to go back and listen to podcast number two. Next up, next takeaway is once your brain gets the construct and pattern of overwhelm, your brain will cycle through it quickly. And lastly, the last takeaway is you want to definitely hone your muscles on flipping the switch for your emotions because that's powerful. It's extremely powerful. So here's the bottom line. I'm asking you in my call to action here to get to work on yourself because why? I don't want you suffering. I don't like seeing people sad. I don't like people feeling, knowing that people are, are hurting or they're, you know, they're, they're just not in a good way. I don't like that. I like, I like being happy and I like other people being happy because if you're the happiness, you know, guru, what do you want? You want other people to be happy. You want other people to be inspired. You want other people to be healthy. Why wouldn't I want that for you? I want that for you. And what you need to do is get to work on yourself. Next up, make it fun. I have a whole, well, a little short YouTube video about, you know, like my life's no fun. Listen, you can make anything fun if you're creative and you try. Trust me. I've made lots of stupid things like going to get gas fun. Don't even ask me about that. Ask people to join you. Take people on the journey and get to work on yourself. I'm also asking in this call to action that you share this podcast and my information with people who are suffering. Why would you not do that? Why would you not help people? I don't know. And lastly, selfishly, oh, consider entering my giveaway because you could win the, all my blog posts in a book, or you could win one of my other cool prizes. So I hope that's been helpful. Just really want you to have a great life. Take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to the Love Life Podcast, episode number six, Dealing with Overwhelm. I hope that you're going to take some actions to put overwhelm to bed once and for all and some actions to help you while you're learning those skills. Please visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com where you can enter my giveaway to win some pretty cool stuff including my new book that's coming out. 
However, you can read 98% of the book on my website for free, so you don't have to buy it. So thank you for listening. Love you. Have a great life. Take care.